0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So have you ever noticed in movies, and I feel like especially in movies when you and I were kids, that the adults never believe or trust the kids? Oh, yeah right? It's so funny to me. And their concerns, you know, the kids are always like, oh, there's there's this ghost haunting us or there's people out to get us. And the adults are always like, oh, you guys are being silly or you're being ridiculous. That couldn't happen. And obviously, to be fair, uh, Peter Pan, I remember that movie, there was a the grumpy dad. I can't remember his name. And, you know, he's like, there is no Peter Pan. And I guess in the real world, that could make some sense. But, you know, in the movie... Then Peter Pan comes right away and he takes him to Neverland. It's just this this funny this funny story of kids not being heard, kids not being seen. Um, it actually I remember the book which we love, Little House on the Prairie here, because the writers were both yeah. very, very awesome strong women. However, I remember hearing something in one of the books, and it was children should be seen and not heard. Have you heard that uh-uh. saying before? No, oh, that's like one of the dad like the dad in the book like keeps saying like children should be seen and not heard, basically dismissing anything that he said. And I was like, oh uh-huh. goodness. How crazy. But Connor, can you think of another example of of movies or shows or something in pop culture where where this has happened, where the kids are just ignored?
1: Oh gosh. Um this would require me to be more of a movie buff than I am. I feel like like Honey I Shrunk the Kids is coming to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day or like Jumanji, you know. Jumanji's the- a great one. And, and uh but but definitely like the theme that you're talking about speaks to me because it feels like that is uh a recurring theme where it's like you know, the, the the kids are having this experience. And and I feel like, in fact, in the, I think it was in our last episode, we were talking with Rebecca about different education. And I know sometimes for parents, it's like, oh, I went to public school and I was fine. Therefore, you'll be fine too. And it's like parents can't seem to realize that their children's lives are different. their Their experiences are different. And so we kind of project ourselves onto our kids, right? So in these movies, these stories where the kids are like, this is happening, the parents are filtering this through their own understanding and then probably being like, ah, that could never happen. Oh, no, you're totally wrong.
0: Yeah, and I think that also just kind of goes to show you that kids have this innovative streak, I always want to say, that that is so even more advanced than adults because we get so stuck in our way of thinking mm. that sometimes you forget like, oh, the kids are actually – They've actually got some ideas that I would have never thought of. So I I think that's kind of a little lesson we can take from that too. But so these are obviously fictional scenarios, right? Peter Pan, all all these Jumanji, which is a great movie, by the way. But we've talked about this before that humans love fiction and it holds kind of a mirror up to our own lives. And so the things that we learn in stories, they do have universal truths. You know, in ancient cultures, people used to gather around the fire and hear stories and it was going to give them a lesson in real life. So. That that's that's what I want to bring this in is because we see this in movies, we see this in in pop culture where the kids are just dismissed, but it happens in the real world too. Especially, I mean, public. You want to, you know, proof of this? Look at any public school. Any you know time a, a kid will say something, and the, if the teacher doesn't agree, they'll just say, "Oh, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, I mean, they hopefully they won't say it that meanly, but I don't, I don't know. Public schools, a whole. Other I thing. called
1: this Brittany. I, I, there's probably, I'm sure this is like a term, but it feels, you know, there's like racist and sexist and. Uh, things like that. I, I always thought this was ageist. Yeah, you know, to have old people dismiss young people because of their ideas. I remember, you know, just after college, I'm this young twenty-something, so I'm not a kid, but I'm a very young adult, and I I started doing things with adults, uh, you know, working in, in this political arena with adults much more experienced, and they felt like because they were older, they were right. In fact, uh, this is a very uh, long story that I'll make super, super brief. The way I started Libertas Institute, my think tank, is because uh, the head of another think tank, the Sutherland Institute, which is here in Utah already, Mm -hmm. he came over to my home and he basically said, hey, I know you're working on a book. You shouldn't write that book. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I used to believe in libertarian ideas, but I grew out of it. (laughs) And I'm glad that I never like published anything when I was young because I wouldn't want that associated with me now. So I'm here to kind of, you know, suggest that that you probably shouldn't publish this book because one day you might regret it when you grow out of these ideas. I was like, give me a break, man. Just because you change your mind doesn't mean like all young people are going to no longer believe in liberty (laughs) and like sell out, you know. And so to me, it was this ageist thing. Um, and so that conversation is actually what led to me coming up with the idea later for Libertas Institute and starting my or- organization. Weird as it was that he was there to, uh, to suge- suggest that to me, but I felt as a young person, I'm like, are, are you claiming that just because you're older, you're right? Because that's not how the world works. You know, there are plenty of old people who are totally wrong <laughs> about things. And there are old people who disagree with one another. So it can't be that just because you're older means that you're correct. Because plenty of old people have wildly different, you know, ideas and beliefs. And so how can we tolerate this uh, situation in which just because you're older, you know, we can disbelieve the kids. Now, granted, you know, when you're young, you lack maturity in a lot of cases. Your prefrontal cortex in your brain hasn't fully developed and everything. But that doesn't mean that kids can't latch on to true ideas or have valid experiences that, you know, really happened when, like in you know, Stranger Things or others. Hey, this happened, and the you know, adults don't believe them. Uh, It doesn't mean that adults are right just because they're adults.
0: I think I think that's really true, and I think even all these these examples lead up to a bigger thing, which is I think we forget to treat kids like they're people, which is crazy to me. So what know? do you mean I, by it, that?
1: Expound so, on what you mean by that.
0: Yeah. So I know that. You know, with with my niece and nephews and I'm not a parent and with my students especially my old students I used to try to te- to talk to them like they were on my level right I didn't I didn't condescend to them might be a good way to say it okay. treat them like because they're so young they that they are not capable of, of handling responsibility or or dealing with with complex problems and trying to chalk to it out and yes you're right like they're not kids brains are not fully developed right in fact I think your brain's not fully developed until you're like 27 so it's, yeah something like that. it's a while but I found as a teacher that when you talk to kids as like as if they are grown-ups kind of and if you treat them like that if you give them responsibility that maybe other people think they can't handle they will mature even quicker because hmm. they're like oh, okay I can handle this let me try to handle something even bigger now let me try to handle something even more so it's it's amazing what can happen when you start treating them like like an equal I guess you could say
1: <laughs> Well this was I think the magic behind our Tuttle twins books that Elijah and I didn't really plan but after doing this a couple of years all these parents were reaching out to us to say my gosh my kids have you know learned so many things they love these books they're amazing blah blah, blah. and we're like okay like that's cool but these are kids books like why are we having this like really strong reaction um why, why are pa- parents telling us that their kids are you know we had one mom that was like my, my kids hate to read they won't read any books but they'll read your books. I was like, well, why? Like, what's, like, is it Elijah's illustrations, which are top-notch? You know, my writing, eh, it's so-so, whatever. Like, what, what, what's, what's doing it? And so we started asking this question to a lot of parents. Like, help us understand, you know, why your kids are really gravitating towards these books compared to other books or no books at all. And the answer in reply consistently was that their kids really liked the intellectual challenge. It's that these are adult ideas. That we're talking to kids about. It's not a fluffy little kids' story like Sally and you know Bobby went to the park and they slid down the slide and played on the playground. You know, like who cares, right? But here we are talking about real world ideas with kids. We're helping them understand, like the name of our podcast suggests, the way the world works. And 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 here's the thing, Brittany. I think this is, is kind of what you were saying a moment ago. My observation from all of this is that every kid wants to be a big kid. Mm-hmm. And every big kid wants to be an adult. And they're always kind of, you know, they want to seat at the cool kids table, right? Like, you remember family reunions and all the all the parents would get, you know, and the teenagers, they'd get like the big table and you had to sit at the little kid's table. Uh, I'm like, ah, still at you know? the
0: kid's table, Connor. So. Okay, well, that, <laughs> that's my that. choice. Uh, <laughs> no, <it is> not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, then, then your relatives need to invest in a larger table, I guess. to accommodate. <laughs> so, but, but we have that feeling, right? Of like, Oh, I, 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 when I was a kid, I felt that way. I want to sit with them. I don't want to sit with all these little kids. So we kind of yearn for, you know, the, the maturity when we're a kid, we want, to be, you know, treated older and, and kind of interact with those people. So I feel like that's the magic of our books is that we're 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 challenging these kids to learn these kind of quote unquote adult, big kid ideas. And so I, I think it shows the power of you know treating kids like adults, like you're saying. There's a, a fantastic book I recommend for parents. It's called Free to Learn by Peter Gray. And uh, in the book, he talks about how throughout human history, uh, like you said, Brittany earlier, around the campfire, sharing stories, you know, playing these games, like kids would learn by pretending to be adults, right? They would, yeah. the, the Girls would pretend to, you know, cook and clean and so forth, and the boys play were, house.
0: We used to play house.
1: Exactly, yeah. the boys would pretend to hunt and fight and you know all these things, and and so by pretending, they were learning and they were mimicking until they actually you know, gained the actual skills to do it. And this is how su- like human societies all over the world, all over history, have done it. It's only this modern, arbitrary thing where we go sit them in a, at a desk for <laughs> hours a day for during the most formative years. I mean, we've all, I think we've said on the podcast before, Brittany, you can't teach surfing by reading in a book, right? You gotta no. get out, get wet, get on the board and try. And so that's the problem with school is it's preventing kids from mimicking, from playing, and and maybe I'll put you on the spot here, Brittany. We didn't plan to talk about this. You're familiar with the Sudbury School?
0: Yes. That's you know, yes, but I don't know a whole lot about okay, it. I'll, I have a I'll, friend that uses
1: it. I'll share and then you can react to it then. Okay. So in this book, Free to Learn, Peter Gray, Dr. Gray is like a psychologist. He he reviews the all these kids who have gone to Sudbury School. It, this school was started in like the sixties by hippies in Massachusetts and the school is governed entirely by kids they run the the government of the school they hire and fire the teachers <laughs> and it's it's basically unschooling there's no classes there's no curriculum it's just basically open days where kids learn what they want and there's adults there to kind of guide and you know mentor and help but the adults never initiate Anything kids have to come to an adult say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" or "Hey, I want to learn how to play the guitar," or you know, whatever the kids initiate, and then the adults are there to support. And so that's like a radically different way than you know, public schooling and most homeschooling, and that has a lot of structure. So Doctor Gray in his book, he shows you know a lot of these adults who went to Sudbury School as a kid. And he looks at them kind of over the decades of their lives and shows how they outperform all of their schooled peers, like on every metric. I mean, they're financially, professionally successful, their happiness is off the charts, their self-worth, their self-confidence, you know, because since a young age, they were being empowered and entrusted with their own lives. It's like when I, when I would put my kids on my lap in the car. And let them hold the steering wheel (laughs) like the sheer joy on their face you know by by having a little bit of control granted I'm, i'm holding on too we're all safe right but like the ability to determine the direction was exhilarating to them and so here we are as parents with our kids lives it's like they're on the bus so we say okay go sit in the back seat and we're the ones driving around where they need to go, when they're gonna stop, when they're gonna get out. Imagine if we let kids be at the driver's seat of their own lives, right? So imagine here to the the point of our podcast, like if we trust kids enough to let them be making decisions for themselves, to be guiding what they wanna learn, what they wanna focus on, to be honoring their interests and allowing them to say, this is what I wanna focus on, not what you wanna force me to learn. I'd, I'd like to learn about this. So I think trusting the kids is more than just trusting that what they say is true. it's about trusting uh trusting them with determining kind of the direction of their own life
0: yeah no, I agree with you i'm I'm curious so wait what you said you were on a call or uh, put me on the spot so what is the question?
1: oh yeah here I am, <laughs> being a bad interviewer so um so then the, the reaction that I want to get from you, Brittany, is it, it feels like a lot of parents would be terrified by that model. You've been a teacher. Uh, you, your school was you know structured. You had kind of classes and curriculum and so forth. And so why do you suppose that we as adults... Would be nervous about trusting kids that much. It, there's a spectrum. It doesn't have to be totally unschooling and total structure on the other end. There's a spectrum of different things, of course. But the question is, you know, why do you think that we as adults are nervous to trust kids with their own lives to, to give them that type of freedom?
0: I think a lot of it is just programming. It's it's what we've been told forever, right? And if you are told over and over again that kids aren't capable of of self governance, of of you know having self responsibility, then you are just going to believe it, and it's going to become a self fulfilling prophecy, right? People look at books like what is it, Lord of the Flies? Ugh, it's a terrible book, yep. Uh, where it's like, oh, the kids don't have adults around, and it's chaos. It's pure chaos, you know. It's that that is just the narrative, as they say. Like that's just what we've been taught. And I can tell you, as a teacher, it was scary. It was really scary for me. And it was scary for the kids. I remember there was one time, right, we always kind of tried to trip them up with putting something wrong on the board and and giving them the opportunity to call me out to show (laughs) that adults were not always right. It was the kids that had a hard time with that. I had a kid have a meltdown because his whole belief, and it's funny, he's actually from Russia, so sometimes I wonder if that's a cultural thing too, but he was very upset because he's like, you are the authority. You are the one that's supposed to tell us interesting what truth is. And I was like, but isn't it great that I'm not like, isn't it great that I'm giving you that freedom? And he was like, I'd rather you just tell me. So it Um, was like the responsibility was too much. So it was hard for me and it was hard for some of the students, but I saw that kids do incredibly amazing things. And I saw them being able to govern themselves and have responsibility. So I learned, I think just as much as they did.
1: Well, final message we'll leave the kids with is, you know, trust is earned and so when trust is violated it's it's hard to get it back it takes a while so for the kids out there who want to be trusted more who want to have more of a say in your lives who want the adults to listen to you to believe you right like of course we can't give them reasons not to we we can't lie you know to them we can't misrepresent what we're doing we can't be deceitful Um, and, and if we're given kind of the trust to be at the driver's seat of our own lives, we shouldn't crash the bus, right? Like we should be trying to make good decisions, ask for help, ask for support, ask parents, teachers, guides, mentors, whoever, but you know, let's get the support we need and then make good decisions because when we make good decisions, when we're trustworthy, right? People will trust us more. We'll be able to have more freedom and act even more. So we'll leave you guys with that. An important topic that we could spend a lot more time talking on. But we'll end there today. Brittany, as always, thank you. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.
0: Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed
1: and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.